This podcast contains explicit language, really explicit language. Listeners of this show should be advised that we will deal with a cult that has certain ideas that are... Um... They're fucked, Paulina. Yeah, they're really fucked. We'll be dealing with all the ist, oughts, and ites. Racists, bigots, anti-Semites, misogyny, certainly. And ooh, eugenics. Kicking it old school with eugenics. Certainly a very old way to be racist. But you've got to remember, MGTOW and everything we're talking about is a cult. Uh, No matter what they say, nothing they say is real. And we love you. We absolutely love you. Thank you for coming along on the ride. And we're sorry already. (laughs) (laughs) A clip coming up later in the show. On one of these pages... Um, it's run by the profiteer who I track most, uh, most closely. Mm-hmm. Um, he is like, he's disgusting. But anyway, so this page has like close to 200,000 followers. It's big. And it's hard to say if a lot of them are like legit followers or if a lot of them are like me and I have what we call a sock. I have a, I have a fake Facebook profile mm-hmm. who is just, since my personal page has been blocked from so many of these sites. I need something to help. Like I need another one so that I can get in and just watch. And I'm quiet most of the time. And I never say, and I very, very rarely say anything, but I do have one so I can watch anyway. So, um, back in, I don't know, maybe January or February of 2019, uh, 2020, whatever it was recently. Um, there was a woman on one of these pages on this page and, she had a, she said like my kid has the flu and the doctor wants me to get Tamiflu and I have this prescription should I fill it mm-hmm. and the everybody said no 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 this is so dangerous don't don't fill the prescription do all of these remedies and the kid will be fine so the woman then says okay I won't fill it so she doesn't fill the prescription Meanwhile, the kid gets worse and worse and worse and worse, has a really high fever, says, okay, my kid has a really high fever. What do I do? Do I go to the hospital? People in the group say, no, no, don't do that. They're going to want you to do all of these treatments. You should do our remedies. Mm -hmm. So the woman says, okay, I'll do your remedies. Meanwhile, kid gets worse and worse and eventually ends up dying. And that's one of the worst stories you're going to hear. Usually they don't, I mean, usually you're not going to die, but sometimes they do. And sometimes, you know, someone will tell a parent to uh, give, give their child a bleach enema, which is another thing entirely, but it happens and it's abuse. And yeah, (laughs) these things happen and they have this community where they feel safe. They don't feel judged. And that's the thing. Like, they don't like to feel judged. If you are on one of these groups and a parent says, should I get the tetanus shot? And somebody else says, of course, why are you being a bad parent? You, you are, do you want your kid to die? You're a, you, know, you must not be good at what you do at, at being a parent. And again, it goes back to wanting to be above and beyond because they feel like the government or whoever has, they feel like society has failed them. So they run to these groups where they feel accepted. And immediately they get accepted and they have kind of, you know, prior biases that are then confirmed. And they have this huge group of people telling them, you're right, you are doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And 
then they fall further and further down the rabbit hole. And the further that they fall, as you know, it's harder and harder to get out. So you're going to have some people you can catch early and it'll be okay. And maybe this woman who asked about the tetanus shot for the kid with the fish hook, I don't know how old the kid was, but they said it was she was previously unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Maybe the tetanus shot is going to be her gateway into more and more vaccines and she's going to end up fine. Mm-hmm. But you're going to end up with other people who are just fighting against it. And I can give you another another case where it's gotten really bad. I mean, I'll let you in and we can talk. But um, I can give you more and more stories of people who have just fallen so deeply down this rabbit hole that it's, it's sad, it's scary, and it's infuriating. What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. And who the hell am I? I'm Mike Fallick, co-host of the Hashtag Cult Podcast. Now, get ready, because I'm going to use the word surmise, okay? I've been mentally preparing for it. Um, you may have surmised. I'm not calling you names. You may have surmised <laughs> from the opening of the show that we're going to be doing an episode today about anti-vaxxers. And we put that clip in there not just because it's, you know, really interesting, but it's a tough subject because kids are involved. But also, I want to put a warning in here. First, you know, if this is your first episode, you've heard an explanation of what hashtag cults are in the beginning, go back to episode one. I promise you this works into our narrative of the hashtag cult we're investigating called MGTOW. We're currently making a documentary about MGTOW men going their own way, who they're a group on the whom, whom am is a group on the internet that coerces vulnerable young men into a cult that operates on the internet. Now, I'm going to take a sidetrack for a minute, but promise me, I promise you, promise me you're going to listen, and I promise you that that this is going somewhere. I'm obsessed with certain types of advertising. Um, I'm obsessed with commercials and ads in general. I, I will watch them. I'm annoyed that like you can't rewind commercials on a platform like Hulu or something, because I like watching commercials, but I have a mild obsession with ads that have no business existing. They're just totally unnecessary. Like very clearly someone is given a budget for advertising at a major company and somebody does something with it. For example, this week I was invited to a webinar by Chase Bank. Like I got an email being like, come to our webinar. Useless useless internet stuff. One of the more modern 
versions of this phenomena of just commercials that don't need to be made is the big corporation promoting a tweet or an Instagram post or a Facebook post. There's no real reason for it, but it exists. And I saw one this week and I will often click on them and check in the comments and see what's going on because they annoy people. <laughs> They're not like good. Um, and so I saw one this week for a medicine company that was just, they had a blog and they, they did a sponsored post of their blog. And in the comments, someone wrote something about cholesterol. So I said, you know, I don't actually know that much about cholesterol. I'm not some science genius. Let's see who this person commenting this, to me, very crazy thing about cholesterol in this innocuous, if not purposeless, advertised blog on a major corporation's website. Lo and behold, you follow the comment, and is it about cholesterol, or is it about aliens? Because, in my opinion, the person's website that left this comment about cholesterol being fake, um, it was mostly about UFOs, was this person's problem with the world. Um, not sure if that's related to cholesterol, or whether, I don't know. But they were pretty heavy into talking about the idea of aliens running our world. That's when it's easy and obvious to discredit someone. Those are the instances in life where it's not hard to separate man from idea. It's not hard to say, look, here's this crazy scientific thing. Let's see the other stuff this person believes. Oh, man, I don't even want to listen to the crazy scientific thing. Now, that being said, I never actually went and looked up anything about cholesterol because I'm not a doctor and because it doesn't matter to me. That's the way most of us operate in this world, in my opinion, is really science is only useful to us when it's like applicable to our life. I know tons of different science things for my own job, things about light, things about things, things about uh, uh, illusions of perception that have to do with animation but for the most part, I could give a shit about cholesterol until someone tells me otherwise. So why anti-vaxxers? In my opinion, they're one of the first hashtag cults. If we're going back in time to look at things on the internet that hide in plain sight as scapegoating, as coercion, it's one of the earliest. There may be others, but it's one of the most prominent and the earliest. We see incredibly logical people being swept into something that has nothing to do with reality in order to scapegoat fears. That's the makings of a cult. And the idea that you're parading it as vaccine stuff, well, that's the makings of a hashtag cult to say that, oh no, it's just a forum. It's just a tweet. So I didn't really want to talk to anti-vaxxers. It seemed overwhelming. Um, instead, I'm going to talk to Rachel Alter. All right. Hi, I'm Rachel. Um, I am a second year medical student and I, let's see, I got my master's in public health a couple of years ago and since then have kind of been thrust into the world of vaccine hesitancy, vaccine confidence. So I spend a lot of time talking to vaccine hesitant parents and just people in general about uh, 
why they don't trust vaccines. And I've also spent a lot of time just observing and tracking a lot of the anti-vax echo chambers and rooms and kind of seeing where the rumors start and mm-hmm. what, what's happening in the world of, of rumor. Fair warning, Rachel and I went to high school together. We were both very popular. There's nothing you can do to prove it. I don't care. You can't prove that otherwise, okay? We were both extremely popular in high school. What are you going to do? Ask people. Don't ask anyone because they'll just say we were both very cool, okay? (laughs) But anyway, um, Rachel does all this stuff with anti-vaxxers. I saw a post of hers about anti-vaxxers, and I wanted to know more because to me, they did seem like a hashtag cult. So, fair warning. This episode will illustrate how the issue between scientific fact and manipulatable facts to get someone into a cult will collide. You used vaccine hesitant, which was a more sensitive word to those people. You didn't use the derisive one. Yeah. So first of all, a couple points. You say derisive and yes, um, in to certain people that is seen as a negative and they hate it and they're always like i'm not an anti-vaxxer i'm blah 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 to others it's um a point of identity um to me there's a spectrum and we can get into that to me it's not anything derisive it's it is a point of fact it's not a um it's not a judgment it's just saying you are not you are opposed to vaccines you are Mm anti-vaccine as opposed to i am pro i mean we generally say more pro science rather than pro vaccine Mm -hmm. but uh yes a lot of people do take offense to the word anti-vax um and that actually comes from the fact where where i start using vaccine hesitancy is that the world of vaccine I mean, there's a whole spectrum. So you go from here where I am, where I will accept any vaccine that has been recommended to me and I accept that the science is there. And then on the other end, you have the vaccine rejectors. And those are the people who are going to fall into your cult. Um, And those are people who... Who knows what they actually believe, mm-hmm. but they act, they usually have a, a motive behind them. So a lot of them will be in it for financial interest. Um, mm. So they'll be selling alternative lifestyle brands. They'll be selling, you know, one of them is really big in saying like, oh, it's vitamin C. As we've said, our theory is that the uniting factor between all of these groups is stress. That education has very little to do with the reason they get wrapped up in the group, the reason that they commit to this attitude, the reason that they want to coerce others, the reason that they need to identify by this. Education probably has a great deal to do with their susceptibility in the first place. But this episode's really going to talk about the clash between a need to educate people on something and hoping that that will work and the coercive methods of a hashtag cult, of a narcissist, of someone who wants to suck you into their group to gain power over you in some way. They, you know, they could have a PhD in English and be very, very bright people, but just don't have a background in science. Or, you know, they could have an 
a high school education or anything, but they just don't have a background mm. in the relevant science. And until you have kids, generally, you're not someone who thinks about vaccines all the time. It's just something that you do when the time comes and you don't, you know, you just get on with your life. It's something that you do and then you, you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but when people start having kids and everything all of a sudden is, oh my God, am I doing this right? Well, I want to be the best parent I can. And you know, I don't know if I'm going to ruin my child for the rest of their life. Um, every little thing becomes a question. And so somebody who has not a lot of background is going to start looking into these things and say, wow, I see that there's formaldehyde on the list of excipients of the vaccine. Now, a lot of people don't understand ingredients and excipients are different. There's a difference. So the ingredients So the ingredients are the things that are actually, you know, in the vaccine. That's going to be like the saline and the uh, the viral viral components itself. It's not a whole lot of stuff going on there. And then the excipients are the parts that are used to actually manufacture it. So the way that I like to relate this to people is think of the carrot that you're eating. You, when you eat a carrot, you're eating, you're not eating the the manure that went into growing this carrot. You're not eating the cow poop that it grew in. You're eating the carrot. It's all been washed off and you're just getting the product. And that's the same with a lot of, that's the same with how vaccines work. I'm not going to do it for this episode, but as a part of the documentary we're making, I am going to look into whether or not there are people with science backgrounds. We see this happening all the time. Really smart people get sucked into coercive groups because someone wants to coerce them because they have some pain that gets exploited. That's how cults work. But for the meantime, I wanted to ask a simple scientific question that I see all the time. Not just in anti-vaxxers, but in all of these pseudoscience scams. Yeah, like what is a toxin? Every year you see the story of the kid in uh, the, the high school kid in Texas who dies because they drank too much water at football practice. And water, in that case, was a toxin. So yeah, the dose makes the poison. So when you see formaldehyde is included in a vaccine, now, whatever the reason is, it is such a minute amount, it's actually less than your body naturally produces. You have formaldehyde in your body right now, significantly more than is included in a vaccine. So if you see formaldehyde in a vaccine, yeah, someone might say, oh my God, it's embalming fluid and that's the, that's bad. But how much is it? It's not that much. Even, even tuna fish, like you're eating, you have to be careful of how much tuna you eat because of the mercury that's in it. And yeah, that is an undisputed fact. But if you eat a can of tuna now and then, it's fine. You're not going to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that a lot of people need to, need to be aware of is, as we say, the dose makes the poison. And spoilers alert. Because <laughs> there's multiple spoilers. Do you have to do that? Wait, like Xbox's 360s or judges, whatever it is, attorneys general? Is it spoilers alerts? Spoilers alert. Because there's multiple spoilers. Rachel kind of agrees with me that there is a level of susceptibility in this. And the parent who just doesn't know anything all the way up until the profiteer is kind of the wave she puts out there as the, the, the pathway, if you will, from curious to devious. And that's where I think we need to make a differentiation between the spectrum of hesitancy. So you're going to have the profiteers who, again, I have 
no idea what these people genuinely believe. All I know is that they have an ulterior motive and that is to bring in profit or fame or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So they'll say anything. And again, one of those other axioms we like to say is anything can happen when you lie. And it's true. They'll lie about anything because people will believe them. And then they make their money and they're happy and they move on. Then you have the people who are the first time parents or whatever they are. And they genuinely don't know, but they hear this scary word, toxin. And it's not something that they think about. They didn't take all of the chemistry classes that I had to take. They haven't taken, you know, molecular biology or any of that. They don't know physiology. And that's no fault of theirs. They just, you know, I couldn't tell you about 13th century Chinese history. Um, so, <laughs> um, so these are people who will see these buzzwords and the profiteers might know this is a buzzword. This is a word that I need to, to pound because people will see that and get scared. And emotion, fear is a really, really strong emotion. It's probably one of the strongest emotions. And that keeps people away and that you know, it's really hard to overcome that fear. One of the things I've discovered in this is when someone is acting really strange and you accommodate them like someone as sweet as Rachel who tries to go online and she's not always sweet by the way to these people but people who are in the sciences and want to talk and will try and educate you and they're still not responsive and someone is just angry for no reason I don't like being Sherlock Holmes but there's usually another reason behind it and in an effort to be really sympathetic I always want to know have you seen other reasons other than this science stuff? Because it seems like a video from Sesame Street could explain what the science is. It can't all be the science. So the profiteers, we know their motives, um, and those are generally the people who you know, have something to profit from. The first-time parents are a little bit more difficult because there is a huge, huge... Um, spectrum of why they're hesitant. There are so, so many reasons and it's really hard to throw a blanket over all of them. But one thing that a lot of them have in common is that they feel like society has left them out. So they might not trust the government and they might say, okay, well, the government tells me vaccines are safe, but what has the government ever done for me? I'm going to do my research and I'm going to find and I found that vaccines aren't safe. So, you know, look at me. I'm going above and beyond. All of these other people over there, look what the government has done to them. Why would I trust that they're going to help me now? But I'm a better parent. I have gone out of my way to make sure that my child has the best. And the best is no vaccines. And so that's kind of where it starts. And they 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 get this this feeling of, you know, empowerment that they may not get from somewhere else because of whatever other reasons, anything else and that you know hasn't gone their way, they feel like they're in control of this and like they've overcome this thing that other people haven't figured out. Um, and that's a really big motivator for a lot of people. Now, yeah. one of the things that's really helpful to tell them is, you know, being the best parent, being the best parent you can be includes giving your child the standard of medical care. And it's also important then to to highlight other ways that they are a good parent so that they don't feel like this is the one thing that they're going above and beyond in. This next story kind of speaks for itself, but afterwards we're going to talk about Munchausen's, which is a condition 
uh, I put that in quotes because I know it's in debate, is a condition where someone uses their plight, sometimes Munchausen's by proxy, someone else's plight to get attention. And keep that in mind when hearing this next story. Um, so I can give you an example of a success. There was a woman about a year ago. She was so anxious and she clearly, clearly wanted to get the vaccines because she knew that it was a good thing in the long run for her child. But she was so, so anxious. And every day for weeks and weeks, she'd have another question. And sometimes she'd repeat questions and she would just keep asking over and over and over. And she was so nervous. And finally, a woman, I think this person was in Kentucky or somewhere in the Midwest. And somebody who lives pretty close to her, who's a nurse, said, would you like to meet in person and talk about this? And this is rare. This is not uh, for me, at least on our on the discussion board. But this is, you know, she had this opportunity and said, would you like to talk one on one and just, you know, ask me any question you have and I can I can walk you through this. So the woman then made an appointment to bring her kid to get vaccinated, which was great. And then about a week later, when the appointment was, the kid had a cold or had got sick or something. So she didn't want to go. And she was like, oh my God, this is a sign. This is a sign that I, I shouldn't get my kid vaccinated. And we convinced her, don't worry, it's fine. Just make another appointment. You're going to be okay. And then she was literally on her way to getting vaccinated. And she had a, a, a minor car accident. And she was like, this is another sign. I shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And she saw all these little things that pile up and make her anxiety so much worse. Mm -hmm. And finally, she was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And she did it. And the next day, she comes back and she says, thank you guys so much. I have slept tonight. Yeah, my kid is doing amazing. No problem at all. He cried a little bit during the, you know, during the injection, but totally fine now. I slept a full night for the first time in months. I feel so much better. And it's just really amazing to see that kind of thing happening. Like this woman overcame so much fear and so much anxiety. And finally, she got the courage to do it. And she felt so much better. So there's a lot of elements to that that speak out to me in my idea of hashtag cults, at looking at anti-vaccine as hashtag cults and not purely science. There's some details that if you focus in science education, if you have tunnel vision into that, you're going to miss when it comes to susceptibility and vulnerability. I said it this time, there's an outtake where I couldn't say vulnerable. And why did I do it twice? I almost messed it up. Where you're going to miss how someone is vulnerable to a cult. There's elements in there that if you just focus on, oh, let's let them get the idea of the vaccine and let's get them to the vaccine and understanding the science, you're going to miss, she said she wasn't sleeping. That's a, that's a common cult tactic. She said she was worried. She had anxiety. She was consulting a source that was dubious. She wasn't believing experts, the doctor. She had to go online. She had to talk about all these different things to, to, to random strangers who were giving her a lot of attention. Now, that sounds a lot less like trying to educate yourself, which the majority of us do using, you know, the links inside of Wikipedia or Bill Nye. That sounds a lot more like somebody with 
bigger emotional needs and a bigger vulnerability than I don't understand this science. Now, I, I'll admit my own bias in this. I have made a few documentaries about pets and you can't do anything about pets without talking about Louis Pasteur. The experimentation on animals very clearly leads to the technology that allows us to house pets in our homes. So I've really not been a fan of anti-vaxxers for a while, but I also see my own privilege in this. I tell Rachel about <laughs> this story of how I used to play with darts and had a trick where I would throw the dart near my shoe or onto the top of a shoe. And one time the dart went into my leg and I had to make sure that I had a tetanus shot. There's this privilege of like, I don't, I guess I don't know because I'm immune. I don't think about tetanus. That's such a great point. And actually, side note, you know you're supposed to get it updated every 10 years. Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> I get it updated. I get it checked. <laughs> and, I, and I did. And I told her another story of when I was fencing and somebody got hit with a, a piece of metal. Uh, it was an accident. They got hit with a piece of metal. They were fine. But um, I was the only one to bring up tetanus shots. There's a privilege to living in a world where there's vaccines and stuff. And so I see the side of this that says it's about education. I see the side that I like pets and, and Louis Pasteur and this gruesome history of animals. And so maybe I do know more. I do have allergies. I had terrible allergies as a kid and it's kind of under control now. So I know a little bit more about using shots to gain immunity. So there is a privilege in a, a, a world with more medicine that lets you forget how privileged you are. But ignoring all that science, I dive right into laying out my theory about this being a cult to Rachel. You have some difficulties in life, whether it's not trusting the government, whatever it is, you then get put even further, even if you don't fit into that first group, into an anxious situation. You are mm -hmm. now susceptible to grooming, something that abusers and cult people do. And so now there's a group on the internet who would, for either narcissistic means or um, financial gain, manipulate you and flood you with information and flood you with positive messages for their thing and negative for the other side to coerce you into their group. To us, mm -hmm. I see that as a cult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just yes. Do you agree with that as it as it applies to to to? I what I call the anti-vaccine echo chambers. You could very, very easily call a cult. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. Um, Story right there. Yeah, I think a lot of the time I do. I mean, I'm not going to speak as an authority on this because I don't know what their mental health state is. I would guess that a lot of them don't have such great mental health, whether, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them have undiagnosed and untreated anxiety. And I think that if some of them started taking anxiety meds or, you know, therapy or meditating, whatever it is, they might do a little better. Um, some of them are going to be narcissistic. Some of them, some of them might have Munchausen's. There's one woman I can think of who I mean, obviously, I'm not in a, in a place where I can diagnose her. I don't know her personally, nor am I a specialist. But I would I would guess that she might have Munchausen's, that she just keeps talking and talking about these, you know, making up stories. And, like, there's always a new detail about what's wrong with her kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they contradict themselves. 
Um, so yeah, I would, I would be willing to bet that if you look at people who don't vaccinate versus people who do vaccinate, there's probably a difference in the status of mental health between them. And what that is, I don't know. And I, maybe it's that they're not willing to seek treatment or that they don't come from a, a family that encourages them to seek treatment. Who knows what it is? But mm -hmm. I would bet that a lot of them do have struggle with mental health uh, difficulties. And I can't help but wonder about the science getting pushed aside in all these things in cult awareness, in uh, using the internet, psychology, mental health, the brain sciences. <laughs> All right, don't say it to anyone, but my vote right now, grossest looking organ is for sure the brain. Very disgusting looking. But that is the science getting pushed aside. And I mentioned a, a term we made up here, societal Munchausens, which is an idea that we have that People need this attention and that something else is going on in them. They're in a cult. Societal Munchausen sounds good. Um, <laughs> we made it up, by the way. Yeah. We make like up it. all these well, terms in case people cling to them. Yeah. I mean, who knows what the actual term for that is. There probably is something. But I think seeking victimhood is something people seek. People want to seek um, sympathy and compassion. And maybe they're not getting it from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. so from Society. Maybe they have been left by, you know, their economic state's not so good, or you know, they don't feel part of their society for some other way. So they really feel like they need people to feel bad for them. So if it's not clear, the main thing Rachel does is sort of online activism. She's a part of several groups. And to be honest, I'm on board with a lot of what she's doing and not on board with certain elements of it. I think if someone is in a cult, they need a soft place to land. They need love to get out of it. But of course, it's horrible stuff. These people in these, in these anti-vax groups, in hashtag cults, in, in uh, mud fossil, they say horrible things that don't just fly in the face of science. They fly in the face of politeness and uh, 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 safety. You know, they're disgusting things that make us feel unsafe, that make people concerned about the actions you're taking against people that are abusive. They are taking actions in the world. And so it's hard not to just scream and yell at these people. And I don't think we have a solution to getting these people to stop their actions. But I'm 50-50 on the internet right now in understanding your reaction to yell at them and understanding my desire to get them out of a cult. But me and Rachel bonded over the toughness of a story she's going to tell about trying to reach out to people, trying to be nice to people, and it just not working. And so before that story, Rachel talks about one of the groups that she's on, and she's talking about seeing my side of it in being a cult, seeing the side that is going after those that are vulnerable. And what happens when a new member starts to comment in these groups that she's on on the internet about vaccines? More pro-vax than anti-vax, but there are good, it's 40,000 people right now, there's a good population of anti-vax people in the group across the spectrum, but many who fall way to the left as well, or whenever that. Um, usually they don't comment unless you have a person who is hesitant and says, I don't know what to do. I'm a first time parent or, you know, I've never done this before and I am genuinely confused. What should I do? 
that is when the anti-vaxxers will jump all over with their advice because they know that it's really hard to convert somebody to anti-vax unless they have you know, a personal story or, you know, it doesn't happen that often. But if somebody is on the fence, they can sway either way depending on what's influencing them. So that's when the hardcore anti-vaxxers will jump in and say, you know, vaccines cause, you know, the spark, I swear, the sparkle in your child's eye to die. It's a medical thing. And, yeah. <laughs> and finally, we're going to end with a story here that Rachel tells me. Rachel interacts with a lot of people on the internet. Um, and I think she takes it extremely, uh, not seriously, because that sounds like, but it's important to her to do. And if you've never done this before, if you've never, and I really have to commend her, I'll take this episode to say, to say like, if you've never actually, we all hear about these things, MGTOW, Red Pill, um, you know, New Earth creationists, uh, uh, anti-evolution, anti-vaccine, we hear about these people, but very few people, and we try to feature them on the show, are actually going and having conversations with them and not shouting at them and trying to understand where they're coming from and talking to them. It's incredibly tough. And you start to feel a part of these people's lives because you want to help them. You want to. Because once you see past the idea that they're yelling horrible stuff, you start to see someone in pain. And so this next story really illustrates what it is, I think best illustrates what it's like to investigate a hashtag cult. I don't like to use names, but I'm going to use names. Okay. So Larry Cook is the name of the profiteer who is the one I, I track most frequently. Um, he got hold of a woman named Katie Klobes, who, whose daughter uh, tragically died after maybe six or eight months or so. Shortly after she was vaccinated, Larry convinced Katie that her daughter died because of the vaccines. It was later found and confirmed by multiple doctors and by Katie herself that the child died because of co-sleeping, whatever you know happens overnight. Basically, the child was suffocated. She was found face down, and the cause of death was positional asphyxiation. So that was cause of death, not the vaccines. Now, you know, whatever your stance is, you have to imagine it is horrible, horrible, horrible to lose a kid, especially something preventable like that, where if she hadn't been co-sleeping with her mother, she'd probably still be alive. That's just mm. a terrible thing to have to live with. So Larry latched on to Katie and said, you know what? It was not you. It was the vaccines. The vaccines killed your daughter. Look, she had them 24 hours ago, however many hours it was. It was the vaccines. So Katie latched on to that and said, yeah, it was the vaccines. Now it's been about a year, I think, a year or so since this happened. Katie is now one of the, the cult's um, martyrs. She is one of their public faces. Larry's cover page on his personal profile is a, this woman is Katie's like billboard that she's mm. she is paid for. So anyway, Katie is bad. She is bad news. Originally, you might feel sympathy for her, but when you see the things that she puts out there, she is 
bad news. She has, she's profiting all over the place from her daughter's death. She's got like, you know, a page full of items that you can buy. Mm -hmm. She's made so much money from this. She encourages people not to get vaccinated. She is, she is a mess. She also denies 9-11 and all of that. So she's, she's real fun person. But anyway, um, there was one point a couple of months ago and I tell my sock, my Facebook alt rarely, rarely says anything. But I do worry about Katie's mental health. I think that she is in a bad position and she is just, she's, she's a mess. So there was one point when my sock went in and wrote on one of her posts, like, this must be really hard for you. And do you think it would, I, I, do you think it would benefit you? Or like, I think it would benefit you if maybe you spend a little time off the internet and just, you know, go out and hang, spend time with people who love you in person, who, you know, can be supportive of you. And it was real advice. It was absolutely real, genuine advice. Now, at first she responded to me and said, you know, that's a really good idea. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I had made the mistake of my alt had become, you know, Facebook friends with people who are kind of known in anti-vaccine, you know, pro as pro-vaccine people. And their names are a little bit known. So somebody, one of her people, saw that my alt had mutual friends with these people and went in and said, Katie, this person's trying to get you offline. She's a troll. She just doesn't want you to be spreading your story. Mm-hmm. And Katie immediately blocked me. Mm. And so now I have a third alt just for her. <laughs> um, but, or a second alt rather. Um, but... I think that a lot of the time they're so embedded in their, these cults, these you know these people who follow them, who believe that everyone's out to get them. My advice to to go spend time with people who love you, completely genuine. I would have told that to my I would have told that to my family, to my friends, anyone. I really do worry about her mental health, and the fact that this person said no, keep spreading your story. We need to hear your story. You are the face of our movement. Don't get help keep doing this and then they immediately blocked me just speaks they don't care about the well-being of their people they care about getting their story out and they care about being right yeah that moment of you know we've we've talked to a lot of these people one-on-one that moment of dread of feeling as though you have some sort of joy in thinking you made a difference and that moment of dread must have been so oh it's just gut-wrenching it's just like well no they went right back you know, because mm-hmm. it'll take patience to get, especially yeah. a leader. Um, and especially, yeah, like Katie is one of the leaders of the movement now. And she has, she has become a profiteer. She she makes lots of money from this. She's become famous. She's become you know, infamous to a lot of us. And she is somebody people in their cult know. And it's going to be, she's going to be impossible to get out of that because she's so, so deeply embedded. And it's sad to see that now she's even just rejecting common sense advice, like go spend time with people who love you. If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.